uh, it's been hot, needless to say, in Southern California, just friggin' baking. And uh, got some relief via surf yesterday. Um, haven't been surfing, to be honest with you, as much as uh, I'd like. Like to be out there every day or three, four times a week, but based on the schedule, juggling the kids and, uh, you know, a startup, if you will, the surf time is certainly decreased. So any moment I get out there is extremely valuable these days. Um, needless to say, I get so much out of the ocean. I, I call it my blue therapy, and I had a wonderful therapy session yesterday uh, in North PB, the pump house over at Termo Standard. But uh, while I was out there, you know, we're, we're trunking it now, or most of us are, and uh, my shorts ripped right at the ass. And I didn't notice it till I was back in my car. But what's crazy is while I was surfing, I noticed people were kind of looking at me weird. And uh, I started to get a little self-conscious out there. And I was like, why are people looking at me? And I'm just out here having my, my regular session. And then I realize when I get back to my car, and I didn't even notice it until I was pulling away in my bus because my nuts hit the vinyl seat. And I was like, what? How are my, how are my bare balls hitting the vinyl seat? And then I feel down and reach down and I notice that I have a, a rip about six inches, maybe more, maybe eight going from the middle of my flat ass down to basically where all the seams connect right at the bottom of the shorts there so right where the barnacles are hanging out if you will and so I put two and two together and obviously came to the conclusion that people were staring at me because every time I popped up on a wave I gave them quite the shot whether it was a, a nice little wink from the starfish or, uh, or some serious ballage. My apologies to those who had to witness that activity. Probably have to uh, stop by South Coast Surf Shops, one of our sponsors, and pick up, a, pick up a new pair of board shorts. Speaking of sponsors, do want to thank, while we, uh, while we get to Sam the Cooking Guy, and thank you to Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth for the awesome background music. Look for them. And uh, speaking of music, at the end of today's podcast, I'm going to share a new track uh, by the homie Chris Cote of the Monday Mass here on the U Network. He's got a new track called Keep It Tight, and uh, we're going to share that momentarily. Or maybe a song, actually we're going to do Would, Would Not, which is a song about making sexual choices <laughs> per Cote. But look for Keep It Tight on Spotify or in the Apple Music Store, and I'm pretty sure Chris worked with uh, Chris Prescott, a pinback, the drummer. Uh, he's also a producer and helped Chris with these recordings. So, keeping it light, keeping it tight and local here on Cantori and You with a new Chris Cote track, Would Would Not, coming up at the end of today's episode. With Sam the Cooking Guy, who's got a new restaurant, Not Not Tacos. More on that in just a bit. Thank you to our sponsors. We'll start with our friends at Tori Holistics. In fact, I just got a new email and some copy points from my friend Ruthie over at Tori Holistics. And uh, I'll just do it like old school radio style. San Diego has a lot to brag about. It's home to a world-class zoo, beaches, surfing, 
the San Diego Padres, and Tory Holistics, the premier legal cannabis dispensary in the state of California. Let Tory Holistics' team of on-site consultants help you find relief from insomnia, anxiety, aches and pains, and much more. Anyone 21 and over is legal to purchase. All you need to do is visit toryholistics.com for the full menu, and Tory Holistics will deliver peace of mind directly to your door. Now that, friends, is world class. Speaking of world class, people's reactions when they're crossing those crosswalks after they press the light. Have you, uh, have you seen this? Uh, it kills me, okay? And Sam the Cooking Guy coming up next. Uh, when people press those lights so it lights up the walkways or the crosswalks, the entitlement that comes along with that sometimes brings me to hysterics because let, let's be honest, sometimes you're driving and you don't notice it right away, okay? There are a lot of other things going on. And uh, people, on the other hand, expect you the second they hit that button to be alert, hitting the brake. Even if you're halfway through the crosswalk, there are people that seriously expect you to pull an e-brake right in the middle so they can just walk over the hood of your car. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I honestly sometimes want to blow it off just to see people get pissed, but I don't. I stop every time, and the way people stare you down, it's just hysterical. Is it entitlement? It, 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 I try to really break it down in my head. You know, what causes someone to hit that and say the world should stop, the, it, just like the Red Sea should be parted and I should walk through without any disturbances? Because personally, I hit it, and I'm like, okay, I'm hitting it. Now it's my job as a pedestrian to wait for the cars to recognize it and see it. But I don't get mad at cars if they, I mean, if somebody is blatantly blowing through it just to be a dick, that's one thing. But people, you know, make mistakes. They may look down at their phone for a second. They might talk to their kid in the back seat. But seeing people get pissed off, just those that that entitlement or or that anger that comes along with it or just again the world should stop for them at that moment because they hit that button and lit up the sidewalk or the road i don't think they have them in mexico do they <laughs> if you're heading to mexico baja bound mexican auto insurance and this is a perfect segue to sam the cooking guy because sam does have his new restaurant not not tacos but it really is the easiest way to buy Mexican auto insurance. Go to BajaBound.com, and uh, they're, they're awesome. They make it easy to buy Mexican auto insurance for autos, vans, SUVs, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, boats. You can even get your driver's license insured. They'll take care of you with daily, six-month, or annual Mexico insurance policy terms. And uh, the claims are settled in U.S. dollars should something happen. And they've got 24-7 toll-free hotlines available to you. In fact, uh, you can call right now, 1-888-552-2252, or check them out online at BajaBound.com. Because you don't want to travel to Mexico, and a lot of people are doing it. I was just on Facebook and saw that uh, old radio friend, um, Jay, Jay, who used to produce... Um, the uh, the Mikey show, and then I think he was a promotions director at KGB for years or over at Clear Channel. Great guy. <clears throat> He's currently driving through Mexico right now, 
like a 40-hour trip to surf Scorpion Bay. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's that's something I want to do in my lifetime. That is definitely a bucket list item. And hopefully Jay hooked up with BajaBound.com, Mexican Auto Insurance. And a lot of people like going down there for tacos, right? In fact, our homie Juan at Oscar's Mexican Seafood, he opened a location down in TJ. And uh, Drew Barrymore was a recent visitor of Oscars, which is kind of a trip. She went down there. I was talking to Juan two nights in a row to the Oscars PB location right there on Emerald. And uh, again, she loves, loves her spicy shrimp tacos, as do I over there. But Sam's tacos are anything but authentic Mexican. It's quite the opposite, as, as he'll say in this interview. You know, he's, he's a Canadian. He's a Jewish guy from Canada. You know, what does he know about Mexican food, which is why this restaurant is called Not Not Tacos. They're not not tacos, they're tacos, but they're not authentic traditional tacos. They have stuff like pastrami in them uh, or mashed potatoes or stuffing. They're ridiculous. I actually had a couple. Sam was uh, kind enough to prepare a couple for me. His restaurant's opening this week here in the Little Italy area of San Diego, right on India and Date Street. And this is such a great thing for Sam because he no longer does his TV show at Cox. He has his YouTube channel, which is doing fantastic. And now he has this restaurant. And hopefully this thing will expand and you'll see these things all over the place like uh, Breakfast Republics. <laughs> all right, Sam the Cooking Guy, ladies and gentlemen, at his new spot in Little Italy, Right there on India and Date. Is this any type of exclusive right now? Yeah, absolutely. How so? Nobody's nobody's come down here, sat at this counter with me. I mean, I've talked about this on radio, but I haven't done this day of. Are you kidding? So we're here at Not Not Tacos with uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. We're sharing a mic because my new puppy uh, chewed through a cord, but I have so many questions to ask Sam, and I want to start with... Uh, the friends and family celebration that's happening here for the, uh, the soft opening of the restaurant. Who's on that list? Let me explain something to you, Chris. Here's the deal. Friends and family translated really means suckers that get to come in and try the food when nothing's working. That's what's going on tonight. We have a media night tomorrow night that you are invited to. If you haven't got the email yet, it's not my fault. I'll go kick some people around, make sure that happens. But that, you get the hobnob with the upper end VIP media community of San Diego, of which you truly belong at the top of. That is so kind and complete and utter bullshit <laughs> because uh, what I what I want to know is no I don't even I think it's been answered that I do fall into the media category in the world of Sam the cooking guy look dude if I was coming to any of these events my hands to God like, like I'm genuflecting I don't even know what really that means because I'm Jewish I would rather come to media night because it'll be way less of a shit show potentially than what tonight might be but dude when we're done we're going behind the line and i personally will make you some tacos you know i love you and you know i'm a big sensitive man and uh, and, and truth be told i don't like media nights i never go to media nights because i get really uncomfortable yeah i hate that stuff too i can't stand that stuff kelly will say to me you know it's probably good you know be visible in the community you can do this stuff the thing is i have this at times a, a, a terrible inferiority complex. I, I don't 
I, I don't know what it is. And it's not so much the chef community, because I have my own place. And while others will look down on me, a lot of them think I'm a little piece of shit because I, don't, I didn't go to culinary school or I've never run a proper restaurant. I don't, I don't care about those guys. Do you deal with haters? There are definitely some haters out there, yeah. yeah. That you have to personally deflect or you just know they're out there? No, I'm, I mean, uh, deflect once in, right in front of my face. I feel like we may have talked about this. I won't say who it was. I, I did a thing with another chef, with a, another chef. And um, we were each given some money, told go into a store, buy some stuff for 10 bucks, then come out and make it. And so uh, they shot my part first. This is for TV. I go in, I get my $10 worth of stuff. I'm standing outside talking to the, the reporter who's going to do the piece. And then the other chef comes up to go in and, and shoot. And I'm standing there holding my bags. And this particular chef looked down at my bags. And jokingly, I say, oh, don't get any ideas from me. And she looked at me and she went, I don't need any ideas from you. And there was so much loathing and distaste and disgust in her voice. It was just fucking dripping. I've never heard this story before. Uh, you know what? And that was, and every so often I'll read something that's like, like why would people, I think, I mean, I don't know. I went home and I was bummed about it and somebody said, dude, you can't get bummed over people like that. They're always going to be there. This was fairly early on and I had a, a book had recently come out and whether they said, look, you've got a book and you're on TV and you're a nice guy and people like you and this person's reputation was not of this. You know? Well, I know that's why I like you, because I was even thinking about it as I was driving down here. And that's why I did focus on the friends and family thing a little bit and poke some fun at you, because I do, I do consider you a media friend. And no, but I feel like you're a friend beyond that. Because we, we talk about things on the phone with there's no mic going, that's like deep shit. I do appreciate that you're not a douchebag, and there are just so many douchebags in this industry, and you're genuinely, Sam, not a douchebag. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Look, we've just hit, yeah, yesterday, 100,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. It's pretty good, right? Very happy with that. So with, with 100,000 subscribers means a lot of comments when we post a video. So I read the comments. I respond to the comments. And I can go 10, 12, love the recipe, going to make it, appreciate the tips, whatever. And then, then there's a string of this guy's a fucking twat. He thinks he's so fucking cool. If somebody gave you a couple grand, you could go take uh, culinary school lessons, that kind of thing, you know? And um, uh, look, uh, I don't think I'm a douche. I try not to be a douche. I try to be me. I hope I'm me the same on TV or uh, on YouTube as I am off. That being said, there's always going to be people that that hate whatever you do. Oh yeah, and, and, and there are plenty of people out there that think I'm a complete douche, and who am I to judge the douchiness of another human? That being said, based on my personal scale, it's just I appreciate the fact that we can have real conversations off the mic, and we do, and I also appreciate the fact that you're able to admit that you do struggle with certain things, that there are, you do have an inferiority complex, because that's something that I deal with on a daily that I'm trying to get over today. I don't think you would look at me how I am on TV, which is really me, there's no bullshit, and think that I'm insecure, but I definitely have these insecure moments that, that are crazy. Um, if I smoke pot, when I smoke pot, I become insecure. And people go, oh, you mean you get, uh, 
What's that other word? That, um, that two OCD? Because that's what happens no, to me. It's not OCD. There's another term that people use. Paranoid. Paranoid. People go, oh, you get paranoid. I go, no. It is not paranoia. It's 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 insecurity, like way amped up. I, and I don't know where it came from. I mean, pot for me was always like was like a, a fun ride. Yay! You just you know made me smile and giggle and laugh and of course you know get a little hungry. But now. I'll have something to do tomorrow that I'm all excited about. A couple hits of great, you know, the pot's so great these days. A couple hits of great pot. And now I'm like lying in bed at night going, oh my God, why did I agree to do that? I can't do it. I'm out of my league. I'm going to get screwed. It's going to be embarrassing. I get like severe. I just got to try and force myself to go to sleep. So as much as I want to, ah, if I got something going on, I, I kind of don't. So we were talking about going to these things. And I go to these things, and I just find myself standing off to the side. If somebody comes up and talks, that's great. But I don't know. I feel like I don't belong. I don't know what it is. I feel it. It's a stupid thing. I shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be like that. We both have uh, competent enough personalities. We're strong enough in our own belief in ourselves, I think, that we should be able to go at anything and talk to anybody on any level. And fuck it. The people that I go out and you go out and meet, I mean, Jesus Christ. Just because they look a certain way or act a certain way doesn't mean a damn thing. And we all know that. We all know that what we see on the outside is very different from what's going on in the inside. An extreme example, Anthony Bourdain. You ain't kidding, man. My brother did the same thing. And, and the day that uh, we found out about Anthony Bourdain, I, I put a picture of him on my Instagram. And all I said was, you never see this stuff coming. Never saw it with my own brother. And for, for all outward appearances... I don't think there's a person in the world that if Anthony Bourdain's face was one of 10 in a lineup and somebody said one of these 10 people is going to commit suicide, would anybody have picked Anthony Bourdain? No. Because it's only what we see. I, I just got chills. Oh, I completely agree with you. And it's only what we see is that just that little outside layer. It's the iceberg. It's the, it's the little bit above water. It's all that, uh, that your friends, family, co-workers, colleagues see. What's going on below, as the Titanic found out, w was the bigger story. As, as we found out with Anthony Bourdain, with my own brother, what's going on below the waterline, that's the serious shit right there. No doubt. And the thing that's so profound to me is because when I struggle, it usually is attached to career and finances. And I look at someone like Bourdain, who's at the top. I mean, you can't get any higher in career than Anthony Bourdain. And then you're seeing all these reports come out that he was sitting on millions. And like you said, what takes a person to that point? Look, that should be a lesson for, for everybody when it comes to money. Like, easier said not being in a situation where you're, where you're worrying about it. You know, there's that book, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow. You ever heard of that? No. It's a popular book. I think they should rename it. I think it should be do what you love and you'll be really fucking happy. And if the money follows, it's a bonus. But life, as we know, is way too short to be stuck on that. I did a thing a few years ago. I went and talked to an 11th grade class at a school in El Cajon. And all these kids in this class were the first kids in their family tracking to go to college. It was great. So I did the whole Sam the Cooking Guy story, it's, you know, just wanted to be happy, blah, 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 the whole thing. And then we're doing, I'm answering questions, and there's kids there, and I, I'd say to one kid, what do you want to do when you get older? He goes, 
I don't care, man. I just want to make a lot of money. I go, I'll tell you what, if that's the way you're going to think, you're not going to make money. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you mean? You need like a goal. I go, that shouldn't be your goal. Your goal should be you pick something, you go, I'm going to be the best damn person that is. I mean, you just think about it. You take two people that sweep floors for a living. The guy that's going to get promoted is the guy that's going to do the better job, the one that's into his job. The other guys that fuck this, I hate this, this is bullshit. I'm not going to do the corners, that's too much work. I'm not whipping my rag out. The guy gets promoted that does it well. And if you like what you do, you'll do it better than the person beside you. And really, in the end, on your last day, it will not be the money in the bank. It will be the, the love, the memories that you have about being happy in your life. I mean, that's what we should be going for. It's tough. It's tough. We live in a society where there's the emphasis on so many other things. Some of this insecurity is, is being around people that have a lot more money than I do. Like, fuck you kind of money. And I just get a little, I shouldn't. I shouldn't get like that. I think sometimes it's the way they deal with it, the way they act about their money. I don't know. That's exactly the world that I'm living in, and I hate that it rips me apart sometimes. I hate that I go on Facebook and I see these families on these lavish vacations, going to Italy, going to Croatia, and taking their little kids along, and I can't take my kids to Walmart, right? <laughs> I can't go on a Costco shopping spree with my family, and I hate that it eats me alive at times. I also hate the feeling that I get when I, and, and this will be a perfect transition to your restaurant here, because I walk down here in Little Italy, and I'm like, Holy shit, I had no idea all this was going on. And there's so much development, so much action. There's ballers walking all over the place. And I'm like, whoo, I feel really insecure as I was walking into your shop here. You know, it's crazy. I, I see these new home communities. And, the, you know, the, the signage will be like, you know, three, four, five bedroom homes, whatever, starting at like a million five. I'm like, where does the, where are all these people getting all this money? What have I done? I mean, look, I'm not complaining. I'm happy with what I do. I love what I do. I'm really fortunate to be able to do what I do and keep my head above water. That being said, where the hell is all this money coming from? That's what I also say. I just don't get it. I don't either. I don't get how people buy million dollar homes on my block. I'm like, holy shit, savings? What are savings? I'm just trying to make rent. Even when I was coming down, you know, again, I get lost in thought as I'm driving. And I was driving my 1971 bus down here. Which, by the way, the coolest ride out there, man. I love seeing you, your Instagram pictures and that thing. It makes me so happy. And I was thinking about it as I was, I was driving because it relates to this subject. I've been at war with myself as of late because I can flip it overnight for about 10 grand. But what is it about this ride that I love so much? And it is because it connects me to a time that just seemed a lot simpler and a lot easier. And I have such a hard time as a 48-year-old man navigating through this world as I hit middle age. I, I admit it, man. I was not prepared and didn't have the tools necessary. Uh, I hear you. I mean, don't flip it. Don't. Hang on as long as you can. That's the idea. You go sell your ass on El Cajon Boulevard before you flip that thing. I'll give hand jobs before I flip it. <laughs> Say, you got a pretty mug. You might be able to be okay out there. I don't know about that. So tell me about speaking of pretty mugs. And I'm always amazed, by the way, how good you look. You don't age, dude. Oh, fuck. I'm, jeez, thanks, man. So is that your pretty mug that I see above Not Not Tacos there? Is that like a silhouette of you? It is. It, you know what? If it wasn't a sticker, there's a t-shirt. If it wasn't a sticker, it would be cleaner. They're going to redo that. Oh, okay. But so it's just like a ha half a face, no eyes, 
no smile, no nose, right? A little silhouette. And they wanted something. My, my partners here said, it'd be, like, you know, you're the brand. It's you, it's your style, it's your personality, it's your food, it's your face. Let's get your face on something. And I've always been like, uh, I don't know. I went to San Diego College, it's downtown, right? To a, an art class. These were like, you know, like adults now. They were like 18, 19 and above taking this, this, this art class. And I met the teacher someplace and I, they do logos and stuff like that. And I said, you know, I'm thinking about a, making a new t-shirt with like something. I go, would that be something that would be fun for the class to do? Would be fun for me to talk about it? He goes, it would be amazing. So I go down one day, there's like 30 people or something. <laughs> Jeremiah, I'm working here. I go down there, there's like 30 people in the class. And I describe, talk about me, my character, my personality, what I like, what I don't like. And I said, I will never do a t-shirt with my face on it. I don't want that. I go away, come back three weeks later. I think 22 had participated. They submit. Of the 22, 17 or 18 had my face on it. I'm like, hey, these fucking kids got to listen up a little better. But so finally now we get to Not Not Tacos. So we, we agreed on that. A friend of mine, a very talented guy named Brian Juan did that for me. I think it's amazing. And I do think, and I agree with the kids, you do need to have your face on things. You need to have something, right? You have, a, you have an iconic, in this town, you have an iconic face, man. On a regional level, Sam the Cooking Guy needs to be silhouetted in his own friggin' restaurant. Thanks. It's true. It's Look, it's the, you put these dark glasses on anybody. People come up to me all the time, oh my God, you look like my buddy Jim. Yeah, but I tell you that story. Um, you look like that guy from Weezer. Now, you know what I'm getting lately? Wait, um, who's the guy that was in House of Cards? I didn't watch that show. Who's the guy that was in House of Cards? Uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, I knew Kevin Spacey. Really? You look like Kevin Spacey. I would not have said Kevin Spacey, because I know Kevin Spacey. No. A little bit. You see Kevin Spacey and Sam? Not you. No. Oh, he's just looking at me and saying a little bit. No, like, I think, did I tell you this? I had, I had got an email from a lady one day, and she said, been a fan for a long time. Love the show, love the books, love the whatever. But I have to admit, I was a little disappointed when I met you yesterday. You didn't have like more than three seconds just to say hello. I was like, shit, I feel bad. I go, look, here's my day yesterday. I'm at a lacrosse tournament for like four hours, come home, finish watching the Chargers game, race off to Vons to get food for dinner, came home. If it was along there somewhere, I might have been rushing and I apologize. She writes back, it was at a blah, blah, blah restaurant in Encinitas. Go, I wasn't fucking Encinitas yesterday. And I write her back. I go, I was not in Encinitas yesterday. I was here, here, here. She goes, well, maybe that explains why the guy was so mean. Because it wasn't you. And she approached him. And he blew her off. Yeah. I've had a guy tell me before he's had drinks bought for him in a bar. Somebody thought it was Sam the Cooking Guy. I've had similar stories years and years ago. But it involved women and courting and betting and my name got tossed into the mix on several occasions. Dude, all I can think of, if there's guys out there getting laid because somebody thinks you're Sam the Cooking Guy, they better be good in bed. That's all. They better be big, and they better be good in bed. I better have a huge dong. I do not want somebody walking around going, well, I slept with Sam the Cooking Guy last night. I got to say, I was really underwhelmed. I don't want that. Oh, man, I know that's out there with me. I really do. I really do. So tell me about Nana Tacos, man. All right, so here's 
it's it's like the back of the shirts say, well, they're not not tacos, and that's the thing because you start describing them to people. You say you got a taco shop, and they go, oh. Will there be chorizo, carne asada, pollo asada, carnitas, that kind of stuff? You go, no, it's not Mexican tacos. And I don't have anything against Mexican tacos. I love them. We all have our favorite taco shops. We have amazing Mexican food here, 20 minutes from where we are right here, Chris. We're in Mexico, amazing food. But San Diego didn't need more Mexican tacos, especially from a Jew from Canada. And so, but the goal was, I never said, let's have a taco shop and then started designing Mexican tacos and made a flip. Right from the beginning, they were going to be weird ones. And you've been doing that since the beginning, right? And and I do want to meet your restaurant manager and we'll throw her on mic as well, because this is something you've been doing. You've been making non-traditional tacos for a while through all of your years on TV, right? Yeah, I, I feel like what I do is it's always been easy. It's always been shit anybody can make. It's always been stuff anybody can make, but it's, there's this little weirdness to it. It's just whatever I do, why make something exactly the same way? You know, some look, I'll show people how to make a, make a, a hollandaise sauce for a Benedict, but then, you know, we'll throw green onion in it or sriracha or both to make the hollandaise a lot better. Anyway, it's fun. So there's the, you got the menu. So while I look at the menu, introduce me to your manager here. Uh, this is Gracie Warford. She's the best. She is the restaurant manager. And I said, I've been able to surround myself with people that know how to restaurant. Because honestly, when we started this journey, my other partners, I said, you know, look, I love the idea, but I know what I can do. And it's not run a restaurant. So I don't want to be behind the line. That's not my goal. But I also, I couldn't set it up. I couldn't manage this. I couldn't figure out people's scheduling and stuff. So Gracie right here, her, her name on her shirt is Grace but it's more endearing. I said, do you have a nickname? She goes, well, Gracie. And I go, I'm going to call you Gracie. So you can talk to Gracie. She'll tell you. So what's your background, Gracie? Um, well, I've been a general manager for since I was 18. I'm 32 now. So um, I love training and developing people. So I've been a training manager for almost for my entire career. And I've, I love cooking. Um, I started cooking with my grandparents when I was little. And it's something that I've always had a passion about. But every company that I've worked for has not had the same passion that I have. And so um, I'm super excited to work for Sam and this team. And it's, it's been amazing so far. But so when Gracie, Gracie's new from uh, Washington, right? So did you, know, did you know me when you came down? You just applied to a job. I just applied to a job. It seemed really cool. It seemed really interesting. Um, I wanted to move back to San Diego. I, I grew up here when I was a kid and I was like, you know, I'm just going to apply. And I turned down a sous chef position to come here, and they they hired me immediately, and I'm very glad they did. So So I love it that you didn't know this clown. That's the best. Didn't know. That's how, that's, that was a story with me and my wife, too. She had no clue who I was, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> you're mine. So tell me, uh, tell me about the menu, please. Oh, my God. It, my favorite is, I don't even need to look at the menu. The salmon one is my absolutely favorite favorite. It's the Asian salmon and it has a hoisin sauce with jicama slivers and green onion slivers and the Japanese mayonnaise with toga ah. togarashi. I almost had it right. I'm struggling with the words. We but torch the, We torch the top. The, the last step is, is Japanese mayo on the salmon. Then we, we put togarashi, like a Japanese uh, seasoning blend, and then we torch it with a little, a little flamethrower and 
and the sauce is like a Japanese, um, what is it, like a barbecue sauce with, or sorry, a Chinese barbecue sauce with like spicy. It's it's so delicious. It's and then I I, I tried the pastrami. The the the, the, the first one was the pastrami, and you're like, oh my god, I love this. Was the pastrami, and I was just like, "Oh, this is this one of the best tacos I've ever had in my life." And okay, who's Izzy? It's Izzy's pastrami. It's my grandfather. Oh, that's awesome! Because awesome, yeah. I've got a niece named Izzy, and then one of my best friends, Izzy Paskowitz, who's a uh, Paskowitz. Is his real name Israel? Yes. Yes. So my grandfather was Israel Chess. Yeah. Look at that. So seemed it right seemed right to name. Get a little family dig in there. I got my wife's uh, Kelly's shrimp taco. Because A, she requests that at home at least a couple times a month. I think it's her favorite taco. So I named it after her. And, I know and then here's another one, Cantori's Curried Egg Salad Taco. <laughs> By the way, Curried Egg Salad. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It has just the perfect blend of spices, and it's not heavy at all. It's wonderful. Oh, that sounds awesome. And then the Korean short rib, tofu, and veggies. Uh, what's the Sunday dinner? Sunday dinner is uh, stuffing, it's uh, chicken, it's uh, sage gravy on top with little crispy uh, french fried onions and then a little parsley. It's fantastic. All right, and then smoky pork and mac. That looks amazing. I mean, think about it. It's like pulled pork, smoky pulled pork on the taco, on the tortilla, and we have custom made tortillas just by from our specifications about five and a half inches they're super delicious so you've got this amazing flour tortilla you've got this really smoky uh, pulled pork and then spicy macaroni and cheese on top of it there's a little layer of sriracha in there and then some crispy onion and then it's great i see the uh, the mashed potato tacos potato taco is a is a classic yeah it is it, it has potato chips on top of it with a little bit of chalua and green onion and it is just like heaven in your mouth it really is you might, you might consider a taco that had both mashed potatoes and potato chips a little incestuous but it's pretty damn fine and simple that's awesome. Well, congratulations, Gracie. I look forward to seeing you here down at the restaurant and uh, continued success to you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Oh, for sure. Pumped for all of you. And Sam, you partnered with some, with some friends or some guys, and the idea here is to see how it does in Little Italy and maybe scale it one day, right? Exactly. See, see what happens. But, the, but, you know, we're getting along well enough. I mean, look, anything could change, but we're getting along well enough that we're like, okay, well, what what might be next? Might it be, look, we haven't even opened, so what? who knows what response we'll get? I'll make you a couple tacos when we're done. I want you to taste them. But um, uh, nobody opens up a restaurant, an accounting business, a, a clothing store, thinking it's gonna fail. Everybody thinks it's gonna be amazing. And yes, we're, we're, we're hopeful it will be good, you never know, so we'll wait and see, but we're liking what's going on, we're liking how things are looking, and you know, the key is getting these guys trained up to make my food the way I want it to taste, look, be prepared, be presented, and get it out the door hot, and you know, there's a lot. Well, kind of like my douchebag meter, I don't know how much my opinion matters on this subject, but from what I see, knowing the operation, knowing you personally, uh, I think it's going to be a fucking slam dunk and a huge success. So look, let me just shout out the rest of my, my uh, family in here, right? So uh, in Little Italy Food Hall, there's six restaurants. We're right on the Date Street between Columbia and India. They've closed it off. It used to be a driving street. Now it's a, a big piazza. 
the reader used to be right there. The reader used to be right there, and Farmer's Table from La Mesa is opening up in that corner. So in the food hall, we've got, we've got Not Not Tacos, we've got Ambrosio 15, great freaking Italian pizza from um, uh, Obi, um, roast meat and sandwich shop. They have a spot already in uh, Liberty Station. They're from Canada, good Canadian people. Wicked Maine Lobster up here. Um, they've got a spot Liberty uh, uh, Liberty Station. Uh, Single Fin Kitchen, they're doing sort of poke-like Don Buri bowls. Uh, rice with really beautiful fish and vegetables. They're like works of art. Behind us and uh, right beside me is Main Street Asian, spelled M-E-I-N. They've got noodles, they've got uh, uh, beef noodle soup, they've got uh, wontons, they've got amazing, ridiculous chicken wings. And then there's ridiculous not-not tacos, so. And you're right around the corner from Shakespeare's, right? Exactly, Shakespeare's right there. Walked past the other day, coming here when uh, England was playing. Wow, what a game. As I said earlier, man, this place is vibrant, it's alive, you couldn't have a better spot in San Diego. Fountain. And that fountain is straight out of Vegas, man. That's Bellagio style. Straight out of Italy, my friend. <laughs> All right, buddy. Much love and continued success and have a great opening. I won't be at media night, but I wish you the best. You're an asshole. Can I make you a taco or two? Fuck yeah. All right, let's go. And that he did. The Sam the Cooking Guy. Kind enough to make me a couple of tacos at his restaurant, Not Not Tacos. I had the the soon-to-be world-famous pastrami taco, and then he made me one of his tofu and veggie tacos, and they were divine. Oh, majestic. So much so, uh, I actually shot a couple of videos of the experience, and uh, I'll throw it up in the blog up on uyewonline.com. Now, before we get to Chris Cote's new song, Would, Would Not, I did want to thank our patrons on the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash you. Uh, Forrest, Butch, Jennifer, Jen, uh, the whole crew, Mariposa Ice Cream, who just got recognized. And, oh, I'm so proud of them and, and happy for them, and hopefully their owner, Dick, is smiling down from above because uh, Mariposa and Normal Heights just got nominated or recognized as one of the best homemade ice cream shops in the entire country. Not San Diego, not California, in the United States of America. So congratulations to Mariposa, and thank you for your uh, monthly donation to the, the U Network via the Patreon. And again, uh, you can find us up there, Y-E-W. All right, Chris Cote, part of the U Network. Love my man, Chris. He's been a great friend to me over the last year and a half. We, we always knew each other on, on the peripheral, but uh, this last year and a half, we've nurtured a very healthy uh, a friendship, and uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect and love for him as a human and as a professional. Here's a new track that he just released by the name of Would, Would Not. And again, it's a song about making sexual choices. Would you or would you not? You know how it goes, I guess, if you're single. <laughs> would, Would Not, Chris Cote. I feel like I'm DJing again. It's the cutting edge of rock. You, online.com.
game that we like to play In a group or by yourself Called our wood When you're walking down the street You see the girl that you want to touch You better say I would Cause I would It's a tried and true tradition A tested science method Something we all must do It's a tried and true tradition A tested science method Something we all must do Tradition, a tested science method, something we 